Hello, welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. This is a daily conversation about scripture, culture, and media from a Reformed perspective. Get your Bible and coffee ready and prepare to engage today's topic. Here's your host, Pastor Keith Foskey. Welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey and I am a Calvinist. Today is February 3rd, 2021. We are one day past Groundhog Day. Yes, yesterday was Groundhog Day, and I didn't mention it on the program. And my plan originally was that I wanted to have a little fun today and replay today's uh, program, or replay, excuse me, yesterday's program on today's program as a little nod to the film Groundhog Day, where the character in that film, Phil Connors, had to live the same day over, 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 and over again. And I was just going to play yesterday's program as a joke, but I wasn't sure how many of you would get it. But I did decide today, since it is the second day after Groundhog Day, that I wanted to talk a little bit about this particular day. A lot of us know that we celebrate it every year on February 2nd, but a lot of people don't know where it came from or what it's about. And I thought it might be fun to share this with you. This actually is from history.com. That is where I'm going to be reading today. And it tells us that Groundhog Day actually began in 1887. On February the 2nd, 1887, Groundhog Day, featuring a rodent meteorologist, is celebrated for the first time at Gobbler's Knob in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. According to tradition, if a groundhog comes out of its hole on this day and sees its shadow, it gets scared and runs back into its burrow, predicting six more weeks of winter weather. No shadow means an early spring. Groundhog Day has its roots in the ancient Christian tradition of Christmas, when clergy would bless and distribute candles needed for winter. The candles represented how long and cold the winter would be. Germans expanded on this concept by selecting an animal, the hedgehog, as a means of predicting weather. And once they came to America, German settlers in Pennsylvania continued the tradition, although they switched from from hedgehogs to groundhogs, which were more plentiful in the Keystone State. Now, I know for many of us in the South, we don't get too caught up on Groundhog Day because ultimately whether or not we get six more weeks of winter uh, doesn't really matter a whole lot if you live in Florida. Uh, You may have another one or two cold days uh, this side of January, but it's usually not that big of a deal. But up north when the winter weather is severe and sometimes dreadfully so, To know that you got another six weeks coming is somewhat of a difficulty. And so people look to Groundhog Day as an opportunity for having some kind of hope that the the all-seeing eye of the groundhog will know for sure whether or not he is going to, uh, or whether or not they're going to have six more weeks of winter. And ultimately, everybody knows it's a joke. Everybody knows it's all for gags. It's not something that's real. We don't know if the groundhog sees his shadow or not. Uh, The whole thing is just for fun, and the celebrations and all that that go along with it are really just an opportunity for people to engage in some harmless frivolity. But 
it does bring to mind today something that I thought would be interesting and fun for us to discuss on the program, and that is what the movie Groundhog Day reminds us. And for many of you who uh, have seen the pro have seen the movie, you probably remember that, as I said earlier, it's about a character named Phil Connors, who has the opportunity to live the same day over and over again. And we never are told how long he lives this day over and over again, but we do know that throughout the movie he learns to play piano, he learns to time out everything that is going on in the town so that he's able to sort of control what's going on. He's able to do so many sort of miraculous things because he has spent this one day over and over and over, and apparently everything is going on the same every day except him. He's the only variable. He's the only different thing, and he changes his routine every day, but everything else stays the same. And throughout this time, he's able to ultimately create a perfect day. That's that's the whole idea of the movie, is that he, he, he has these what seems to be hundreds of years worth of days to create this one perfect day. And it plays with a lot of ideas, uh, really on a spiritual level, it plays with the idea of death. In certain parts of the movie, he tries to commit suicide. He tries to, because he gets tired of living the same day over and over. So he tries to die, isn't able to die. And so ultimately, it, it plays with a lot, of, uh, a lot of those ideas and a lot of those thoughts. Thoughts of death, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of living a, a life that seems to be repetitive and mundane. It doesn't seem like you're going anywhere. All of these things. But one of the things that uh, really, as I was thinking about the program today and thinking about what I wanted to say about Groundhog Day and think of, thinking again, most of us, especially those of us in the South, when it comes to Groundhog Day, the thing that we connect most with is this movie, is the idea of what the movie reminds us about regarding the concept of life and death. The movie reminds us uh, or, or shows portrays a man who gets to try over and over again, as it were, to have a perfect day. Uh, ultimately, he's trying to win the heart of this this woman uh, played by Andy McDowell, and he wants to try to win her over by having, the, you know, learned all about her and learn about all that makes her happy, and he wants to learn to make her happy, and therefore he goes through all of this work to try to learn to to do that. And he does so essentially by coming back to life every day at the beginning of the day, starting over and getting to try it again and again and again and again. And if you're not familiar with the religious concept of reincarnation, this movie sort of depicts a form of reincarnation. And the idea of reincarnation is this, is that you don't move from life to death but rather, when you die, the energy that you have simply moves to another life form and you are reincarnated or reborn in another life form. And if you uh, study some of the religions that teach forms of reincarnation, they basically argue that you, when you die in this life, you're going to come back in another life. And depending on how well you live this life, will determine how good you have it in the next life. And a lot of this 
you hear people talk about karma and things like this. A lot of this is connected to that because if you if you do bad in this life, it's going to come back and get you in the next life. And you may be in, maybe even heard somebody who is going through something difficult and they say, oh, I must have done something really bad in a past life. Well, this is that's all based on this false idea of reincarnation. And again, I know the movie isn't about reincarnation, but the movie's about doing the day over and over and over until you get it right. And that's sort of the idea of reincarnation is living lives, lifetimes over and over and over until you get it right. But when we think about life from a biblical perspective, the Bible does not say that we are reincarnated. The Bible tells us that God forms us in our mother's womb and that he knows us when he's forming us. Psalm 139 says that he forms us, that he knows us in our, in our mother's womb. He intricately woves, weaves us together in our mother's womb and we are fearfully and wonderfully made or created in our mother's womb. And we go through this life and we have one shot. We do not have many shots. We don't have many lives. We don't have a hundred chances. We don't have 50 chances. We have one life. Now, here's the thing. We are not in this life to quote unquote, get it right. If getting it right means to live a perfect life, because we won't, we are born sinful and we will not get this life right perfectly because we are sinners. But at the same time, there is something that we absolutely must get right. And it is at the peril of our soul if we do not. And that, of course, is how we respond to the gospel. The gospel call is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Repent of your sins and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, turn from your sin, turn to him, know that you are a sinner deserving God's punishment, turn from your sin and trust in Jesus who received the punishment that you deserved on the cross, and you will be saved. And here's the thing, you don't get a second chance at that. After you die, that's it. There is no Groundhog Day. You don't wake up another day after you die to another opportunity to do it all again. You're not going to hear uh, the, the Sonny and Cher song that Phil Connors heard every day that he woke up on Groundhog Day. What's going to happen is when we die, we are either going to be in the presence of the Lord or we are going to be in the presence of torment. The Bible teaches that. It teaches that there's only one of two possible ends. And it's either going to be that we're going to be with the Lord or that we are going to be in hell. And so my reminder to you on this, the day after Groundhog Day, is to remember that we don't get do-overs. We don't get a life do-over. There is no such thing as reincarnation. And there's no such thing as having a day repeated, repeated, repeated until you get it right. No, we have one life 
And ultimately, we have only this life as an opportunity to respond positively to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some of you may be saying, well, you're a Calvinist. You don't believe people can respond positively outside of a work of the Holy Spirit. And that's true. I do believe that God has to open our hearts before we will respond positively. So my prayer for you today is that if you've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, that God would open your heart and that you would believe, that you would see yourself as the sinner that you are, that you would see yourself in desperate need of a Savior, and that you would know that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved than the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that you would turn from your sin, and I pray that you would trust in Him. And if you have, praise the Lord. You don't have to worry about what happens after this life because the Word of God promises that we will be with Him. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Thank you for listening today to Coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, and I've been your Calvinist. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Coffee with a Calvinist. If you enjoyed the program, please take a moment to subscribe and provide us feedback. We love to receive your comments and questions and may even engage with them in a future episode. As you go about your day, remember this. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. All who come to Him in repentance and faith will find Him to be a perfect Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. May God be with you.